You know, it's been about two months to the day since Finance Minister Bill Morneau revealed that they were going to deal with Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain. They were going to do something to to solve this problem, the financial hardships. No, not what eventually happened. It was on May 16th, and he announced he would indemnify them for any hardships caused by B.C. Premier John Horgan's obstructionism. Basically, he was going to fork over taxpayer dollars to cover further sunken costs as the company awaited progress. Kinder Morgan, they kind of shrugged that off. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Rachel Notley, the, the NDP uh, Premier of Alberta, she said, hey, maybe what's going to happen is you're going to buy a part of it. And you know, we all kind of laughed that and, and chuckled it off and so forth because that's what a sort of pseudo-socialist-leaning Premier is going to say. And then the ball dropped. May 29th, just, just less than two weeks after Morneau's offer and two days before the deadline that uh, Kinder Morgan had set for them to say, we're going to pull a plug on this project, the Liberals revealed they reached the deal to buy the project for $4.5 billion. How do people think about this? At the time, they weren't too happy. But now things have calmed down and there are new poll numbers out that show just as many Canadians support the move as they oppose it. We're joined now by Jamie Duncan, who's Vice President of Canada Public Affairs for Ipsos, the pollster that did a a very interesting uh, poll of crunch, some very interesting numbers on this very subject. Good evening, Jamie. Welcome to On Point. Anthony, thanks a lot for the invitation to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I I gotta say, I I was surprised by how even-keeled this was. Split pretty much right down the middle, you found. Exactly down the middle. And then, as you said, it, you know, we've got 42 uh, percent of Canadians who support uh, the decision of the federal government to purchase uh, the pipeline and 42 percent who oppose. But I think what's also interesting in that mix is that we've got a fairly substantial proportion of people that didn't really have an opinion. 16 percent said that they didn't know. Uh, and so, you know, that split, that sort of half and half split, pretty much mirrors what we've seen for the last number of months on tracking in terms of whether or not uh, the the program, the Kinder, I guess we'll call it Trans Mountain now, uh, the Trans Mountain Pipeline uh, project was a good thing or a bad thing. And so this, this poll continues that narrative that there's a fairly strong divide uh, across Canada on the issue. And I guess there can also be people who say, yes, it was right that the government bought this, for entirely different reasons. It's maybe not the same as those questions. You know, we talked about polls and public opinion on, say, the border crosser issue, and it's pretty clear-cut what you mean when, you know, someone supports it or someone doesn't, someone wants to see the border shut down. But I guess there are people out there who who really wish that Kinder Morgan had absolutely gotten it done, and it frustrates them to high heavens that Trudeau bought this thing out, but then they go, well, we want it done so badly that we're at least going to be okay with, uh, with the government buying the project. There are others who maybe just like it nationalized, you know, for the hell of it. Did, did, were you able to break down into that? Yeah, you know what, it, it, that's, that's exactly the sort of the, the divide in, in opinions that we, we tend to hear across the country. And so, uh, you know, when we ask people whether or not they believed that it was, you know, this, this project was in the national interest, uh, again, sort of six and ten agree with that statement. Um, and then when we asked them whether or not it was a good use of government money, you know, we, had, we ended up with a little bit of a different story. So we actually had... 35% who said that it was unnecessary and a waste of taxpayers' money. That tends to skew uh, more towards eastern Canada than what we see here in, in western Canada. Um, but 4 in 10 just ultimately believed that it was necessary to make this purchase uh, to get the pipeline built. Uh, and, and to your point, uh, those 
the reasons for supporting and, and opposing the, the the project as a whole, the purchase, um, you know, continue to, to track pretty steadily um, and, and show us that there are there's really not a, a general consensus. But maybe we're not as far off or far apart from one another um, as some people um, may like to kind of portray. And Jamie, I imagine it, it kind of cuts down pretty interestingly in terms of political support breakdown as well, because I remember that the day Trudeau made the announcement, there were groups that 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 are typically a bit more left wing and perhaps Trudeau supportive environmentalists, uh, First Nations um, activists and protesters who said, this is a de- declaration of war. We're going to war against you, Trudeau. I mean, these were not uh, oil sands workers. No, exactly. And actually, when we take a look at how this sort of shakes out across just, you know, national um, vote intentions. So what people say that they would do if, if a federal election was held uh, tomorrow. Um, Prime Minister Trudeau actually has a liberal, uh, has, a, has a majority of, of the liberal voters. 55% um, believe that the decision to purchase the pipeline was the right one. Uh, but then when we start to look against the other parties, you know, only 45% of conservatives agree, even though, you know, we know that the conservative uh, voter tends to be, uh, you know, more economic driven, uh, more sort of around the sort of the national um, energy perspective. So, you know, the, the lower numbers there likely had nothing to do with the purchase and everything to do with, with Mr. Trudeau. Uh, and then when we look at the NDP voters, uh, only 40% of those who would intend to vote for the NDP think that the purchase was uh, was the right decision. So uh, there certainly is, is a divide across the uh, the political spectrum as well. And, and Jamie, this is also one of those issues where sometimes when we're talking about, again, to continue with my example of, of the border crossers, we say, well, what does, say, Trudeau need to do to win people's support? And you say, well, if he deals with the border, he'll get, you know, all those people on side. Here, I feel like it's not as clear in terms of uh, what, you know, the prime minister, the liberals should do to to change those numbers more in their favor and, and whether or not they even can do that on this issue. No, I think that there's a couple of things that, that play in, into exactly what you're talking about. I think that there is a bit of an uphill challenge uh, when it comes to, to trying to move people from the from the different camps. And that and that plays itself out, though, when we take a look at what people told us is actually influencing their position on whether they support uh, the pipeline expansion or whether or not they oppose it. Uh, and, you know, it's probably no surprise to anyone, really, that um, that the environment is the number one uh, you know, position that is influencing those who, who oppose the pipeline expansion. But what was surprising in this poll is that, you know, oftentimes we hear those who you know, are against uh, the, the TMX overall saying, well, those who are in support of it just don't care about the environment. Uh, and the numbers in this poll show that that's blatantly untrue. Um, 78% of people who support the pipeline expansion also say that the environment is, is a key consideration influencing their decision. And, and it's only nine points between those two groups. And so there's actually a bit more alignment, I, I think, in, in terms of what, what those two uh, cohorts of Canadians are, are looking at. Um, but to your point around whether or not you can shift people, a lot of these attitudes have been pretty entrenched when we take a look at the, the, the tracking numbers over the last few months. Uh, so it is very much an uphill battle to try to move people from the positions that they have taken. Uh, and I think this, the second point that makes it just a little bit more complicated is when we ask people whether or not they were interested in this, we, we found that you know Canadians as a whole are actually losing interest in the conversation about Trans Mountain. And so you know, the challenge there is that if people are starting to sort of, you know, turn their heads when they when they hear people talking about it, how do you convince them uh, of, of the arguments that you believe that they need to hear to, to come on side? So it, it's, a, it's a challenge for 
for the federal government, but it's going to be a challenge also both in British Columbia and, and Alberta. Uh, later on in the hour, we're going to be joined by Lauren Gunter. We're talking about the cabinet shuffle with him, but Lauren uh, wrote a very interesting column back the other month when this whole deal went down. He said, based on everything he's hearing and just the, you know looking at the industry and, and the government, he doesn't believe that they're even going to actually build this thing, the federal government. It's a bit of a contrarian position, but I have heard it from, from other people watching the sector. If something like that happens, or at least they, they really fail to get this timeline roaring and, and along the same sort of timeline that, that Kinder Morgan was planning to do, are they going to face a crisis from these people who are saying, yeah, we support you buying it? Potentially. Uh, and, you know, there are you know, a number of, part, you know, number of areas in this country where um, they ultimately determine elections. And, uh, and, you know, some of those are in lower mainland British Columbia, where they do have, have support today. But it's also in the 905 uh, area there in Toronto, uh, where there is a very strong conservative perspective and alignment that, you know, our economy uh, should be at the forefront and, and these types of projects uh, matter. And so, uh, you know, should this should this actually not uh, end up happening? Uh, I think that there's going to be some some challenges, certainly for the Liberals, as they look ahead at that election next fall. All right, really interesting numbers from Ipsos. Jamie Duncan, Vice President, Canada Public Affairs with Ipsos. Thanks very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Anthony. Right, and you can find all of that information up on a news story at Global News. Uh, .ca. A column I wrote that you can find at torontosun.com. I, I wrote it back on, what is it, May 30th. The headline, Pipeline Purchase partly a ploy to ram through the carbon tax. And I, I think I'm, I'm going back to this now because we had that Catherine McKenna meeting with Rod Phillips. We had Rod, Rod on earlier on in the program to talk about it. And, you know, even Jamie was saying, look, you know, people support the pipeline, but they also support environmental action. I, I think Trudeau says he nationalized the, the pipeline because he wants to move ahead with it. But what if it's not the only thing that he wants to move ahead with? Maybe it's because that deal makes it easier to advance something else that he covets much more, the carbon tax. Because there's a lot of people at loggerheads about this issue. And he's bought this pipeline, and we know there's a social license problem here where a lot of people don't want to see this go through, and the protesters on the left coast totally against the issue. Maybe Trudeau's going to say to them, look, guys, look, I know you don't want the pipeline to be built. Here's what I'm going to do, though. I'm bringing in this carbon tax. That devil Doug Ford, he thinks he can get out of my my reach. It's not going to happen. I'm bringing it in. And then he turns around to everybody else, all the Albertans and the Ontarians who do support this pipeline. Say, look, guys, if you want more pipelines, you got to bring in the carbon tax. It's all about a balance here. I think that's what he's doing. And he said that in my piece. I find little quotes he said in the media over, over the number of years. And when you look at it this way, the carbon tax does not exist to provide cover for the pipelines but the pipeline provides cover for the carbon tax. We'll see what uh, what, what Lauren Gunter's uh, prediction, whether it comes true or not, whether or not they don't actually move forward uh, properly with this pipeline. Can't even get it bold. What do you think? Reach out to us. Tweet at me, at Anthony Fury. Remember, that's F-U-R-E-Y.